0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem.
1: Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure...
0: Welcome to bet the edge i'm jay croucher here with drew dinsick as always today we're going to talk about all the super Wild Card weekend matchups outside of eagles bucks which we'll talk about uh, for the monday morning show but drew let's start off with browns texans the uh coach of the year bowl uh though that has already been voted on uh and also as a tangent i think that that award might be done. I think D'Amico Ryans, from everything I've heard and read, is um, is going to win that and win it surprisingly comfortably. Uh, in any case, the Browns are two-and-a-half-point favorites at the Texans. The total is 44-and-a-half. Game is on NBC and Peacock. Uh, what's your read on this one? Uh, well, uh, I mean, sidebar, on <laughs> the coach of the year, uh, amazing that
2: uh, Ryan Tannehill and Mike Vrabel to uh, yeah. can team up one more time to get Demeco Ryan's coach of the year recognition because <laughs> if he's a wild card, I don't know if it's that big of a slam dunk, but, uh, yeah, it's just w- weird how that award works. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, the Browns, uh, news is notable. Um, their most important player potentially on defense outside of miles Garrett is Denzel Ward and he got injured in practice this week, which is absurd. Um, but so be it, it's a knee injury. It's not, uh, especially trivial. Um, and that matters because there's really only one threat on the Texans that scares hmm. you. And it's Nico Collins. And if, to, you know, if all of a sudden Ward, uh, you know, is unavailable to go. And right now he's questionable. Um, that potentially matters a lot and, uh, could be impactful in this game. You've seen this total trick up to 44, trickle up to 44.5 over the course of the week. Uh, I was on the other side of this. I think this should have been an underplay. Um, However, the news about Ward has my confidence shaken significantly. Um, Texans news, you know, injury news does not look great as well. As you kind of clearly pointed out last time we talked, their uh, uh, defensive line uh, limped across the finish line against the um, Colts. And in general, if you're not putting pressure on Flacco, he's going to be able to hurt you down the field. Um, So you know, my my team take on this has been kind of spun on its head uh, where I thought this was going to be, uh, you know, Texans leaning Texans, leaning under. Um, but now I think uh, this is Texans are past. So um, tough for me to really kind of expect that this is going to be, uh, a shootout still um i know that uh you know the the browns defense doesn't travel as well um as you know other elite defenses have in the past at least if you look at the splits from this season uh, i know they haven't finished on an especially strong note but a lot of that was attributable to not having denzel ward in a number of games down the stretch and uh so they might be back there so um yeah i'm i'm kind of uh, spinning here just cuz i uh was shocked by the news and haven't really gotten a good sense of exactly how healthy and how effective some of the defenders are going to be for the Texans. If the Texans d-line is as bad as they were against the Colts, then uh, this is you know this has Brown's win in a shootout written all over it, which is what we saw last time these two teams played. But uh, I guess i'll I'll just hang my hat on the fact that when the Browns offense rolled into Houston last time, uh, Houston looked like they had a game plan that was for a different team. They were not expecting a wide-open passing attack from Flacco. Uh, and now that they've seen that once, I would guess that they're a little bit more prepared for that this time, and it's a little less effective. So uh, Brown's kicker also, uh, you know, starting kicker, not expected to go. That could matter for a total here. So uh, I've, at long last, I'm, I'm going to stick with my guns. Uh, I'm not buying out of a total here, uh, and I'm not uh, selling the t- the Texans just yet. But uh, this is a very, very good line.
0: Yeah. Sacrilegious to accuse the coach of the year, D'Amico Ryans, of not being prepared uh, for the opponent coming into town uh, with Mr. Flacco. But, uh, no, I agree. I don't know what happened in that matchup. I think the one thing that has actually changed a bit from then that to, to the detriment of the Texans even, and they got blown out in that game, uh, in a game that was they lost by 14, but it wasn't that close. It was no, uh, no. it was 20-plus and then... Garbage points for Texans, by the way. Yes, lot, garbage points yeah. galore for, uh, for Davis Mills. But the one thing that the Texans were able to do on defense is the Browns couldn't run the ball at all. Uh, and I think that the uh, Texans run defense has gotten significantly worse since then just through health. Uh, Jerry Hughes is going to miss. Uh, Will Anderson, I mean, he gutted it out on uh, on Saturday night against the Colts, but he had, he had nothing. Like he – Uh, was able to, uh, I think for the the start of the game, he was able to get a little bit of push, but then by the end of the game, he was really limping around. He was hobbling off to the sideline. Uh, By the way, it's an awards uh, tangent as well. I think Will Anderson is going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year, uh, is my sense too. I think it's going to be three awards for the Texans. Uh, So quite crazy. But Anderson banged up, Jerry Hughes out. Jonathan Grenard looks like he's going to play. At least he said he's going to play. Uh, He's officially listed... It's questionable, but Malik Collins is banged up. And just, I just can't buy the the idea that the Colts, who were like fine as a rushing attack all year, but they had Braden Smith go down in the game. And yeah. I just can't imagine that if the Texans, if those guys were right, that Jonathan Taylor would have been able to do that. So I'm kind of inferring that, that these guys are not healthy. And I'm not sure that. The break uh, will have helped them that much. I'm not sure Willie Anderson's high ankle sprain is going to get better, uh, and it's not like they have any extended rest for this because it is the Saturday game. So you add all that up, and I think that the Browns will be able to run the ball more than they did. I don't think Flacco is going to be able to throw as effectively just given that it was an out-of-body out of body experience for him and Amari Cooper, but I think they'll be able to run it better. Uh, it's Jerome Ford, his rushing prop is 43-and-a-half, I'm not sure if anyone watched Jonathan Taylor, but I don't think a lead running back for the 10 going up against the Texans after what we saw, and the Texans are favored in this game. Uh, sorry, the Browns are favored in this game. I'm not sure Ford can be set at 43 and a half. So that would be my best prop look uh, in this one. Okay, anything else on that. Texans-Browns before we go on to Dolphins-Chiefs?
2: I guess uh, we said it when we talked about this uh, last week or last Sunday, I guess the best bet will probably be made in game. Once we have answers to a couple of these questions, because we're not really going to know the health and state of some of these Texans players until we put eyeballs on them. Uh, And uh, I agree with your take that uh, a Browns lead means Browns second half is a bet. uh, And a Texans lead probably means that uh, second half over is a bet. Uh, So that's kind of where my head is at in terms of potential live angles here.
0: Yep. Last thing on this one, uh, seen a lot of chatter about how uh, Joe Flacco is the experienced quarterback in this matchup and CJ Stroud's a rookie in his first playoff game. Like, Houston have the massive quarterback advantage in this game. Like, it's not close. I'm sorry. Like, I know Flacco's had a great five weeks, like, relative to expectation. He's also thrown eight picks in five weeks and could have thrown a lot more. CJ Stroud is a significantly better quarterback than Joe Flacco. Uh, and as far as Stroud not playing in a playoff game, he has played in a playoff game. Last week was a playoff game for the Texans. Sure. It was in prime time. Uh, it was win or go home. That was a playoff game. Uh, and it, now it's going to be a much better defense that he's going up against. But I think that Stroud uh, is more than ready for this based on what yeah. saw. Against yeah. The yeah. Just
2: real quick on that point, Flacco with a significantly
0: lower floor,
2: right? CJ Stroud's floor yeah. is way high. Flacco yeah. could take the Browns out of this game, and it would not surprise me.
0: Oh, absolutely. I w- I'm still waiting for New York Jets and <laughs> the Broncos, Philadelphia Eagles, Joe Flacco yeah. to uh, to surface at, at any point. Yeah. Okay, Dolphins, Chiefs. Chiefs are up to four-and-a-half-point favorites now. The total is 44 Saturday, 8.15 p.m. Eastern exclusively on peacock uh the reason this line has trickled up for the chiefs is i think largely because of the injury reports and the fact that the dolphins don't have any edge rushers left uh bradley chubb jalen phillips andrew van ginkle all done uh and they're signing bruce Irvin, justin houston off the street i mean justin houston might be a starting edge rusher for this team and by the way Their other guy was already Melvin Ingram, uh, who was supposed to be like a 10 snaps per game situational edge rusher, who's now covering Dalton Kincaid on wheel routes. Uh, So (laughs) they are a mess in terms of their health situation, at least at edge rusher. Do you think that that tips the scales here to the Chiefs of the line? Yeah, Xavier and Howard out as well. Jerome Baker out as well. Um, The Dolphins defense is an absolute
2: shell of the unit that was grading well over the back half of the season. Uh, And that definitely does matter. I think they could make the Chiefs offense look good here. Um, I laid the uh, money line with the Chiefs earlier this week. I got minus 185, minus 190. Um, I think minus 225, obviously, there's been market support for Kansas City here. uh, And I think it is just people digesting the injury impact. I will say that if this game was being played in a neutral situation on a neutral field um and with the full strength dolphins team this would be more like dolphins slight favorites for for me or you know around to pick them you put it in arrowhead you got to give the chiefs a bump to two two and a half Uh, you you consider the weather impacts and what that does in terms of how each team wants to attack and play this game. And I think you got to push that past three. And then I think the injuries is really what takes us over the top and which has driven us to four and a half. Um, So I guess what I'm saying is I agree with uh, kind of the market upgrading the Chiefs for this particular spot. Um, I will note that uh, the idea of Melvin Ingram defending Travis Kelsey in this one gives me a good hearty laugh. <laughs> like this, there could be some funny moments in this contest. Um but I will say that like if you put me my feet to the fire and you said, "Hey, make a case for the Dolphins," like in the market gone too far? Like I think there is a case to be made, right? There's a second side to this coin, and that is the fact that the Chiefs' run defense is susceptible, and uh, there's a lot of things that the Dolphins do well in the running attack that are independent of the person that they're handing the ball off to and the blockers in front of them. Uh, and so I think just scheme and attack uh, that is available for Mike McDaniel in this contest is going to be good enough to keep them in the game if they can play enough. Key away here maybe they can kind of hide their defensive injuries here so you know there's there's definitely a world where you know we're in the third quarter of this one the chiefs have had four drives and the dolphins have a lead and everyone's scratching their heads like how is this happening when is pat mahomes going to show up like that's definitely in the realm of possibility but uh, i think this is uh probably about as bad of a spot as you can ask for for a playoff game that the dolphins have found themselves in because of the injuries and uh, honestly not really counting on hundred percent Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle in this one. We haven't even mentioned that, uh, they're both going to be out there, but, uh, to the degree that they're going to be them, their game changing, you know, game breaking selves. I have to see it to believe it. So, um, you know, I think there's, there's definitely uh, a, a hard road ahead for the dolphins to be competitive in this contest. Uh, I just, uh, I think the market may be, uh, you know, at its, uh, at its, you know, absolute apex in terms of how much we're willing to
0: upgrade the Chiefs and downgrade the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, I'll make the case for the Dolphins a little bit later, but for now a couple things. One, uh, Javon Holland, who keeps on getting listed on the injury report with his injury as knees, plural. <laughs> he's got two sprained MCLs, uh, but it seems like he's going to gut it out. Deshaun Elliott as well. It's a little bit of a concern that neither of those two guys practiced all week, but I do think, to your point, Waddle's going to play. Looks like most of it will be back. Tyreek is going to be. I mean, still, this limited version of Tyreek is still like the fifth best wide receiver in football, I would say. So they're in a pretty good spot there. Uh, And I think there are some reasons to like the Dolphins here, but I'll get into that a bit later. All right. Before we get to Steelers' bills, don't forget to stream Dolphins' Chiefs exclusively on Peacock. And for a limited time, get a one-year subscription to our streaming service for $29.99. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com backslash NFL. Terms apply. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You
1: stumped this charming devil.
0: Steelers-Bills line is Bills minus 10. Total has plummeted to 35.5, 25-mile-per-hour wins in Buffalo. This game is Sunday 1 p.m. Eastern on CBS. No TJ Watt in this one. Uh, what's your lean uh, on Bills minus 10? Mm, expecting
2: Mickey Fitzpatrick back, though. Yeah. Uh, that's positive.
0: Okay, uh, follow this next two minutes away
2: in uh, things that may age, like spoiled milk. Um Or just age like Moke, I guess. Uh, I think that Steelers are alive. I think the Bills are wildly overrated by market right now, particularly on offense. Uh, And I think there's a chance that Mason Rudolph has turned a page, at least for whatever it's worth. We haven't seen a lot of Mason Rudolph with the current regime in terms of offensive uh, coordinating, and he's playing better. Like I've tried to make, you know, try to poke holes in this. I've watched the film now a couple of times in his games against the Bengals and the Seahawks. And while those defenses are not defenses that i'm going will go into war with at all um mason rudolph was good um and i think ultimately <clears throat> the idea that he is able to cover a 10 point spread i'm fine with that uh the fact that this is a phenomenally low total and you're catching 10 points wonderful i'll sign me up like i, I really don't exactly like I, it, the In order for the Bills to cover here, I think that the Steelers are going to have to give them some short fields and some turnovers, and that's just not the way that they're playing football right now. Uh, The Bills, for what it's worth, you can attack them on the ground, off tackle. That's exactly the way the Steelers want to run the ball. That's the way they're most effective running the ball. And if they mix in some play action and they can complete anything downfield, even in this hellacious wind, uh, I think you could see the Steelers being surprisingly plucky in this one. Now, not expecting them to get a win. I think I actually... Financially, I'm harmed by the Steelers upsetting the Bills in this one. Uh, so I kind of am, you know, cheering for a ten point middle here, I guess. Uh, but uh, this is going to come down to red zone efficiency, I think, in terms of who gets the win. Uh, and uh, I think uh, people are a little bit too excited about a Bills team that has put things together down the stretch, uh, but they've largely largely done it with uh, you know some defensive, um, you know, some defensive efficiency that you know may not necessarily be. Uh, what matters in a game that has these types of conditions. So, um, yeah, for me, Pittsburgh is the side of 10
0: uh, and uh, no real opinion on the total. I think that's probably fine considering what we're expecting otherwise. Yeah, not a great injury report for the Bills that came out uh, an hour ago as we're recording. Gabe Davis, uh, back-to-back DMPs, likewise for Russell Douglas, uh, likewise for Taylor Rapp. I guess that doesn't matter a great deal, but still, they are probably going to be a little bit limited. Now they'll trade that for the absence of TJ Watt. But I'm not sure what's going to happen in this game, Drew. But I do know it's minus 500. The Bills are going to play with their food. uh, At least (laughs) I know (laughs) because I don't think the Bills. I don't think they have layup playoff games. Uh, I mean, it's thinking back to the last time they really think back to last year and Skylar Thompson. They didn't have all yeah. those delay of games in a game yeah. where the Bills are two touchdown favorites in that one and Scarlett Thompson is driving for the win at the yeah. death. Uh, then they get absolutely destroyed by Cincinnati the following week. So some concerns about the Bills. Just the talent mismatch is just so uh, emphatic in this one, but that is counteracted a little bit by the conditions, by the low total. I do think if there is one quarterback in NFL history who is immune to 25-mile-per-hour wins, it is Josh Allen. Think back sure. to that insane Patriots game a couple of years ago where Mac Jones threw three times in the entire game and Josh Allen's just dropping back like it's, a, uh, like it's a September game in Miami. So I think that Allen will be fine with the conditions, but I am a little bit worried as someone who has a lot of Bills futures positions, which have gone on an absolute odyssey this season from backing them at like 10-1 to to win the Super Bowl after week three, Uh, and now coming full circle where that's probably about slight slight value now uh, although nothing to uh, call home about but yeah. uh, I am a bit worried about the Steelers running the ball and the fact the Bills have had a bad rushing defense this year and the Steelers seem to have found something on the ground uh, but ultimately you would expect that the Bills will have too much to advance maybe covering 10 will be a bit beyond them though mm-hmm. okay. let's, uh, let's go to Packers Cowboys Cowboys are 7 point favorites in this one the total mm-hmm. is a massive 50 and a half. Uh, The game is Sunday, 4.30 PM Eastern on Fox. It's a Cowboys futures holder. a little nervous about this one. Another team in the Dallas Cowboys that uh, is obsessed with playing with its food uh, and a little bit concerned about their defense. Don't like that Stefan Gilmore is going to be in a harness, which never sounds good for a human being, uh, but that's what he'll be doing to gut through this one. Uh, And, Before I ask you for your breakdown, the thing that leapt out the most to me is looking at some of the props for this week. Jordan Love is set at 248 and a half passing yards. That is staggeringly low to me. I would have expected this would be 25 yards higher. He's gone over this number seven of the past nine. And a lot of those, he wasn't a touchdown underdog in a playoff game uh, in effectively a dome. So I don't know what is going on with that number, but that would be my best bet here. Uh, What's your breakdown of this game? as a uh, Dallas Cowboys future holder as well. uh, It's going to financially harm me to see
2: the Packers win, but I think the Packers are alive. Um, I don't see a huge margin of difference between these two teams. They're very similar in a lot of regards. Uh, And I think the the, kind of the key strength on the defensive side for the Cowboys with their pass rush is neutralized with a healthy and extremely effective offensive line for the Packers. Um, This is going to be a track meet. I think the total tells you that I think the expectation that both of these teams could make their team totals, I think is fair. Uh, And I think ultimately this comes down to end of game decision making and coaching. And honestly, for me, that tilts in favor of Matt LaFleur, not not Mike McCarthy. Uh, So it's been pretty broadly uh, kind of talked about and I don't think it's shocking and it definitely has been incorporated into the line uh, that the uh, Cowboys do destructive damage over the middle portion of the field in the passing game, and the Packers are miserable in terms of defending that. Um, but that said, the Cowboys are a little bit one-dimensional. They're not getting much going on the ground, and if you can't push the Cowboys, you know, p- can't push the, uh, the Packers around with a lead here, then all of a sudden you're going to have maybe, you know, the hand in, you know, ball in the hand of Jordan Love with the chance to either backdoor this spread uh, or tie the game or even win. So um, this is a game that's, I think, going to be decided in the balance slate. I don't see either of these teams really running away and hiding. Um, and I think there's definitely scope for the Packers finding a little bit of success early and uh, being able to uh, kind of put the Cowboys on their heels and, and play from ahead, which would be uh, just an incredibly beneficial game state for them i think the packers have the better running attack here i think they're just better balanced in general ter- in terms of pass run uh, i think you're talking about equally strong scheme on offense between these two teams um mccarthy probably does not get enough credit for how incredible his you know his play calling has been and his scheme is you know is just as his, 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 his play development has been this year um but that said i think both of these defenses are pretty fraudulent in the wrong ways you know for their opponents Uh, So I think this one's going to be pretty high scoring. I took the seven and a half points with the Packers. Market finally came with me to seven today. Uh, Not exactly sure why, but I appreciate it. And uh, I think ultimately this is going to be a a Packers cover and a competitive game and maybe even a Packers win.
0: Yeah, I think one of the great myths in the NFL this season has been the Dallas defense, where clearly they're a good unit, but the idea that they're a a dominant unit, I think has kind of been washed away. Uh, I still have stuck in my head um, terrifying memories of Jared Goff marching down the field uh, towards the end of that game of Geno Smith having the best game of his entire career uh, against the Cowboys on the road just completely lighting up Deron Bland. And I think this Cowboys defense, one, not amazing against the run at all. So what Buffalo did to them, just eviscerating them on the ground. And then two, so much of this defense is just – anchored on uh, uh, Micah Parsons and DeMarcus Lawrence getting home. Because if they're not, then it's huge trouble because Bland is, I mean, he's very good overall, clearly, but he can absolutely be taken advantage of. And then Stephon Gilmore, who has kind of progressively slipped, I think, over the course of the season, which makes sense given where he's at. Uh, The fact that he is going to be in that aforementioned harness, uh, I don't think bodes well. And also the other thing too is that, Jordan Lewis is one of the worst slot corners in the league. He just gets Mm -hmm. annihilated over and over again. You know the Packers who have in the slot? Jaden Reed, mini Debo Samuel. So I don't think that works (laughs) super well either. I think the Packers will be able to run the ball too. So I think the move from seven and a half to seven makes sense. Uh, And yeah, if forced, I'd be leaning. Packers here uh, at the number, though uh, I very much hope I'm wrong on that one. Okay. Rams, Lions, Lions are three-point favorites. This is the Sunday night football game on NBC and Peacock. Total is 51 and a half. What do you make of this one? Game of the week, Jay. <clears throat> Gosh, I
2: cannot Good wait week for, for NBC. this one. Wait, cannot wait for this one. Big week for NBC. Uh, best game in the uh, night slot on Sunday. Well done, team. Everybody who got this in the right spot, thank you. Um I think this is going to be a super competitive game. I think the Rams ought to be inside of three. They may close inside of three. We'll see. Uh, I really don't see any obvious like crazy advantages for the Lions offense against the Rams defense. I think the Rams defense has been kind of weakly underrated for whatever it's worth, and they haven't played a lot of elite quarterbacks, and so, yeah, I get it. Like, they really haven't been tested, um, but uh, I do think that Aaron Donald can cause some disruption in the inside, get a little bit of, you know, pressure on Jared Goff. Jared Goff does not perform well under pressure, particularly when it comes inside, so Aaron Donald is a key here for the Rams defense in my opinion, and then for the Lions defense, they've been able to get it going on, a, on uh with pass rush lately uh, and they are getting cj gj back at, at long last and he could help uh kind of bolster that uh, secondary and i think kind of the key angle here for me in the entire game and this is maybe I'm, I'm too reductive maybe this is too simplistic but like the lions are absolutely elite in the red zone and so much of that in my opinion comes down to the way they utilize sam laporta and sam laporta i'm not expecting to go and I think that ultimately makes this an underplay. 51.5 is a huge, huge number for a game where both of these teams are going to be successful on the ground. That could shorten the game. The Rams' special teams is a disaster. I don't know that they're attempting a 40-plus yard field goal in this game. I don't know that they're making a field goal in this game. They may not make extra points in this game with Brett Meyer out there. So, you know, I think there are a lot of small factors here that just tell me this is going to be a closely contested game uh, and expecting this both teams to kind of flirt with 24 points. I don't think it's going to happen, particularly with, if there's any slippage in red zone efficiency for the Lions. Um, Lions in general, we know are going to be aggressive. Uh, they're going to go for on fourth down a lot uh, in opponent territory. And in that regard, a couple of stops is going to take points off the board here. So I think they're the Lions are kind of secretly an under team right now. Uh, And uh, I think the Rams kind of have an ability with a lead to shorten the game. The Lions with the lead can shorten the game. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of factors here that tell me this total should be on the low side of 50. So under 51 and a half, my favorite total of the week.
0: Yeah, no, I like that. And I think with the Lions, there's this idea that the defense is just a complete catastrophe. I think people have in their minds the Thanksgiving game where Jordan love did absolutely whatever he wanted, even like the saints game where the saints kind of came back at will on the sure. line. But I think this defense is now with the emergence of, uh, Mela uh, who's been like, fantastic <laughs> at safety with Brian branch, uh, kind of doing a Devin Witherspoon spoon impression, just zooming all over the field. And the fact that Aiden Hutchinson, is like a legitimate superstar now. And they've got Alan McNeil back. Now yeah. all of a sudden it's like a, it's a semi kind of real defense. And, yeah going up against the Rams teams that is not a great defense, but look like it was going to be potentially a bottom five, bottom six unit in the NFL. Now all of a sudden is like flirting with just mere slightly below averageness and they are fine against the run. And I think that's the big thing with Detroit that, you know, this game is probably going to be on Jared Goff's um, shoulders and his arm. And, yeah, I don't trust Jared Goff. Uh, there is something I'm not sure what it is with Goff, but it seems like in the second half of the season, we've spoken about this before, the ball is just coming out of his hand really weirdly. Uh, sure. And it's like he's just flubbing multiple passes a game where it's like it just doesn't come out. It looks like me throwing kind of once every 20 dropbacks. So... Uh, I don't know what's going on there. I have a lot of faith that Stafford, even with the Lions defense being a bit better, that Stafford should be able to move the ball uh, through the air. So, yeah, I would lean Rams plus three here as well. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem.
1: Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
0: Let's jump straight into our best bets now, Drew. What have you got?
2: Give me the Packers' favorite side of the week. I think this should be inside of seven. So even though it has moved from seven and a half to seven, I think Packers plus seven is still uh, a fair play. uh, And really, um, give me the better rushing attack. Give me the better coach. uh, And I don't think that there is a huge margin right now uh, between Dak Prescott and Jordan Love, as insane as that sounds. There is a built-in expectation that Jordan Love is going to choke in his first ever playoff start, and we're just not seeing that uh, very much anymore. Uh, So I would not count on it, and I think you're catching a few, you know, a little bit of a a win probability putting that in pocket just on that expectation, which is unrealistic. And uh, this is going to be a competitive game. So go, Pat, go.
0: Okay, my best bet, and I say this with apprehension, it's the last time I gave out the Miami Dolphins uh, as the best, best bet. They literally lost 56 to 19, uh, and I needed, uh, instead of Dolphins plus three and a half against the Ravens, I needed, what, plus 37 and a half. But going back to the world one last time with this despicable team that doesn't show up in every single big game they play, but give me the Dolphins plus four and a half. And the reason why is simple is that in this weather, and it's going to be, uh, I mean, it's going to be, Cold And there's going to be wind uh, in Kansas City. So what I'm leaning on here is that the Chiefs have across the whole season, the fifth worst rushing defense in the NFL. And we focus so much on the Dolphins as being this explosive downfield passing attack with Waddle and Tyreek and what they did to the Ravens back in week one last year. But I think what is really makes this team special at the moment on offense with kind of how limited those receivers are is that they are an elite rushing offense uh i think that a-chan and looks like most of it they're going to be back uh the dolphins had success on the ground when they played kansas city the first time that game in frankfurt someone who really needed the chiefs to win that game for a variety of reasons did not feel like i was on the better team in that game and i felt like the dolphins very easily could have taken care of business there Now, they're not the same in terms of personnel. But this Chiefs team, I'm not sure is better than at that point either. So I think the Dolphins will be able to run the ball. Uh, The Chiefs, I'm not convinced they're going to be able to run the ball on Miami. Uh, And as much as the Dolphins' defense is banged up, they still have plenty of decent personnel on that team. They still have Jalen Ramsey and Javon Holland, who's been close to the best safety in football this year, the Sean Elliott and co. So I think that... For a Kansas City offense that, again, hasn't really looked right in three months, uh, I think that the Dolphins will be able to control the clock. I think they'll be able to run the ball. Uh, I think if you're looking for like a same-game parlay story of this game, it's Dolphins rushing over, uh, total under, Dolphins plus four and a half. So I think people have perhaps written this team off a little prematurely. Uh, so I look forward to the chiefs winning 50 to 12, but uh, I'm taking the <laughs> plus four and a half. One and a
2: half. I, I, I like your breakdown. I will note that if this was at that big of a slam dunk for the chiefs, it wouldn't have stopped at four and a half. Yes. Right. Like they pretty, pretty surely someone in market put the doorstop in that number at four and a half. And it's not that different than three and a half. So even though this looks like the steamy side midweek, uh, I don't really get that sense, and I, you know, this could very well boil down to, uh, you know, end of game, ex, you know, s- just, you know, somebody making the right play at the end of the game, kicking a field goal. Like I, I could very well see this being a closely contested uh, contest.
0: Yeah, and I, I do buy into the idea that Mahomes in the playoffs does have an extra gear in terms of them perhaps ramping up pass plays, Mahomes scrambling more, uh, and just Mahomes just playing better on the occasion. But at the same time. Like, if this particular offense had another gear, I think we would have seen it by now. Like, they haven't had another gear all season. And, yes, it's a problem that Xavier Howard's out and the edge rushers are out, but, like, the receivers still have to get separation uh, and they haven't been able to do that all season. Kelsey doesn't look like himself. It's really Rasheed Rice uh, and you'd expect that Jalen Ramsey gets the assignment there. So... Give me the Dolphins plus four and a half. I don't feel good about this, but I have to. Uh, it is the one that I believe in most, for <laughs> better or All right. Uh, for, we, we're going to break down Eagles bucks uh, on the Monday show, so check that out. But for now, we are done. Don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks to those watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. If you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to rate and subscribe. And also a reminder to find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to amazon.com slash NBC Sports. I'm Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. Good luck this weekend. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not
1: a problem. Uh, Reese, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.